0: Hi Turntables listeners. I just wanted to give a content warning as this episode contains some sensitive topics such as sexual assault and drug misuse. If you are sensitive to either of these topics, we suggest checking out a different episode of ours. But otherwise, enjoy the episode. <laughs> it's a metaphor. <laughs>
1: got the welcome to turntables part hello and welcome to turntables (laughs) featuring your hosts stitch and kevin talking about the 2020 release fetch the bolt cutters by fiona apple
0: she's been in there too long kevin
1: Far too long between <laughs> albums, am I right? That's true. That's true. <laughs> between Pitchfork tens as well, which we will also address. Oh yeah, this broke a ten-year gap in tens from Pitchfork. Yeah, their most recent prior to this being um, Kanye West's "My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy," which in 2023 is hilarious <laughs> and terrible. Yeah, <laughs> mainly terrible. <laughs> But less, less on a macro scale, eight years since her last release? Yeah, Idler Wheel was 2012. Wow. That was um, among my favorites from 2012. I think it made my top ten for the year. Nice. I, I, I like that record. Yeah. Um,
0: I, we had talked before this slightly about how this, uh, this album and Idler Wheel are kind of the two Fiona Apple records I know the best. So I Me kind as of well. got the latter half of the of the
1: discog on the mind more so than others. I gave um, title and won the pawn with like the other eighty words in the title of that record. Um, one listen each and thought they were both quite good. Okay, uh, they were more steeped in like the traditional like '90s production of the time. I think um, idler wheel and bolt cutters are a lot more Fiona and her piano. Gotcha. Without like the like the strings and the the drum beats, like the more conventional drums, and we'll get into the drum production of mm-hmm. this album. I'm oh, sure. absolutely. On a, even on a track by track basis, there's a lot of interesting stuff. It's it's really predominantly piano, percussion, and Fiona's voice on here.
0: Yeah, yeah. There are and her some mugs. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, the famous dogs. Yeah. <laughs> There are some other moments where there's other instruments, but mm-hmm. uh, right primarily um, percussion piano, voice and voice. voice and how, I would say
1: <laughs> Yeah, I find her vocals are a little underrated. Well she's she's a very prominent and prolific artist like she's not quite a household name but she, she yeah. isn't she isn't I, I guess it depends on who you talk to. Yes, yeah.
0: I I knew her first from I Had a Nightmare Before Christmas deluxe, like double disc thing.
1: She was on that soundtrack?
0: So there's like a second disc where they had like bands or artists cover songs, and she covered Sally's song from Nightmare Before Christmas. Alongside, uh, I believe Panic at the Disco's cover of "Kidnap Mr. Sandy Claus."
1: I need to hear the some um, deluxe. Yeah, favorite, yeah. I, we we could pick that for a Halloween episode. That, that could be, be fun. Or a Christmas episode. It's <laughs> somewhere in between, maybe. How about November? <laughs> but anyway, I'm derailing this myself just by having to name drop of the fact that uh, I have. We should do a Danny Elfman episode too. Poin <laughs> go. <boingo. laughs> yeah, yeah. Dead Man's Party is a great record. But um, um... <laughs> We digress, of course. Every episode at least at least seven times. <laughs> um, Fetch the Bolt Cutters, 2020 release. Um
0: I feel like was this album recorded and produced during the pandemic, or was this recorded beforehand and it just happened to have some really
1: good coincidence? Yeah, that's a good question, because the shutdowns really hit, like, mid-March, and I believe this album was released on April 17th, if I'm remembering the yeah. calendar right. So, my guess is it was recorded pre-COVID. That's what I would you know, think, based too. On rollout schedule.
0: Perhaps we should have done
1: research on this. <laughs>
0: Perhaps <laughs> I should have said something.
1: Yeah, you picked it, man. <laughs> um... But
0: the, the titular track, Fetch the Bolt Cutters, although not directly about being inside your house too long, I think that was a big uh, pillar in the album for a lot of people and caused a lot of the hype around it, maybe, or at least contributed, and maybe not caused directly or solely, but this
1: was talked about by a lot of people, I knew at least yeah it really set people ablaze i think part of it was we'd been stuck in our homes for about a month and i don't remember exactly which month all of my favorite 2020 releases happened to fall but um this i mean her first album in eight years her fifth album total pretty big um, yeah artist pitchfork is a 10 on it like the day after it's released and uh, well, what else am I going to do? I've I've been at home for over a month. There's this new Fiona Apple record. I just got to check it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing That's memes, like, <laughs> next day after
0: the Pitchfork review of, like, it's taken from Spongebob, and it's, like, uh, the training video, and when he's, like, <laughs> bowing before the poster of the Krabby Patty, but it's
1: replaced with the Fetch the Bolt Cutters album artwork, and it's, like... Pitchfork be like or something like that. I do really like this album cover. Yeah, on, we can talk on a about side that. note, yeah, the, I think black as a background color is fitting for like the kind of and like black and white photo for her face in the center is also fitting, and her facial expression is also very fitting right. for the the music contained herein. <laughs> and the kind of cartoonish
0: stuff around it, I think, is also kind of fitting for. Maybe not the content lyrically of the album, but the approach and kind of handmade feel that the album has. This is a very like, this is a very created album from like resources around her and we'll get into this on a track by track basis, but this is kind of what the, one of the biggest appeals for me was, is like pots and pans from her house are part of the percussion. There's you know, the famous barking dogs. There's a lot of just like stomping on the floor
1: and I feel like the space is used really well on this record. I recall reading that this is the first time Fiona produced the record herself, rather than oh, having okay. someone else. And that that also makes sense. It's it clearly in her home studio, so yeah. don't need to hire someone else if you're <laughs> Right. It's <laughs> at like your a house. piece of her, you know, and that's yeah. cool. I think that's a really interesting uh approach. I think this album came out at a similar time uh, to Charlie XCX's How I'm Feeling Now, which is another famous, Mm -hmm. all-recorded-at-her-house pandemic album. And to just bring up a couple more albums, because why not? Yeah, This is a record that we mentioned, like piano, percussion, voice, being like kind of the three core tenets of what the proceedings are. Kind of similarly to how um, on Bjork's Homogenic, it's strings, beats, and voice. Or on yeah. a, an album we covered already, the uh, Animal Collective debut. It's um, synthesizers, voice, and quote unquote perfect percussion, right? <laughs> <laughs> I um, love that callback. The perfect percussion is just like such an awesome way to credit yourself. <laughs> yeah, I would love to do like a mini episode for the YouTube channel on just like creative liner notes. There's a Brian Eno record, uh, another Green World, where. Um, Uh, Robert Fripp is credited for restrained lead guitar. (laughs) So. I got to hold the door open for Robert Fripp. You did? Yeah! (laughs) Okay, our podcast, my co-host Sitch, held the door open for Robert Fripp and he said thank you. That's true, so our credibility should be through the roof now. King Crimson fans who (laughs) are watching our Fiona Apple episode. (laughs) We I'd, salute I'd, you. <laughs> I see. I was
0: gonna say I could see a lot of overlap there. Honestly, we we were talking overlap earlier. I feel like King Crimson is not the, the least
1: amount of in the Venn diagram of things we mentioned already. If nothing else, for the fact that they both really define like a really cool sub pocket of the respective decades that they were active.
0: Yeah, I would. I would say that's actually quite, quite a, deft analysis. Yeah. Is that... I, I'm pretty sure that's a compliment. I, me, I meant it as a compliment.
1: Yeah, I, I love both. Um, for different reasons. Well, I'm, I'm sure we'll do like a Lark's Tongues episode or something mm-hmm. down the line. So you have that to look forward to, listeners. <laughs> we're, we're hardly talking about the album. Yeah. Here to talk I about think I cited like usual. five other <laughs> albums in the past five minutes. But coming back to Fetch the Bolt yes. Cutters, um, do we want to start somewhere? Um... You mentioned the title track. Yeah, sure, we can we can go there. I know, it, it appears third on the record, and I think this is... I, I kind of view the opener and Shamika as like a package deal. It does, it does give you context for the record,
0: and yeah. I think... Um, I wouldn't call this a concept album, but there are a lot of uh, threads that follow through many of the tracks, like Love and... In it's different stages of betrayal um, and people who love people who betrayed you and the different ways that you approach relationships with those people and then kind of ultimately toward the end of the record finding a love that works for you as well as unifying with uh, those who may also be victims of a
1: ex of some kind. Damn, that was perfect. Why? Thank you. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was thinking of like a way to succinctly sum up this record, and I just couldn't put my brain because there are a lot of different lyrical threads and a lot mm-hmm. of different musical like happenings throughout. And I think part of the appeal for me is that you kind of get like thirteen different snapshots on Fiona's love life. Yeah, and it's not clean either. Yeah. And not all of the songs are love songs. Like Shamika's clearly about her childhood. Right. And, uh, right. Ladies is a lot more general, mm-hmm. and um, I could probably cite a couple other examples of clearly not a love song, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: but in context of the record, you you can kind of put two and two together and say, "Oh, this song is about ladies, but it's like kind of leading us to this like anthemic song about like women for her, which we'll get to." Um, And like Shamika is, you know, describing the kind of upbringing that led Fiona or I guess whoever the, I don't want to assume, but whoever is being sung about in that song to be kind of hardy and dauntless, um, which kind of ties into Cosmonauts and how like someone who actually treats you right is almost like an antagonist of sorts because you're so used to being treated poorly.
1: Isn't that, like, messed up? Yes. (laughs) I was like, I was remembering I shouldn't swear so you don't have to bleep it out and post (laughs) Oh, I'm I'm not bleeping anything out, man. All right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Turntables uncut
1: and unedited. (laughs) That would make my life way easier. (laughs) But, anyway. Yeah, you cited Cosmonauts, and that's a highlight for me. Okay, yeah. I (laughs) like the the lilt to it, it, it kinda has that like y swung feeling that uh under the table also has. The yeah. moods are pretty different. But the the chorus on this one is just so charming.
0: Yeah, and I like how kind of going with the lyrical theme is like it's like the angrily the angry I love you is like dang it, I love you. <laughs> Stop it, will you? <laughs> like But like that's the verse and the chorus like lightens up and thins out to be like the Cosmonauts, da-da-da-da-da, start it off. And, like, it, it, I think it's cool how it's, like, so abrasive, but it cuts through thematically echoing the lyrics of, like, you make me so mad, but, like, I love you, you know, and it softens up. And I think that's really cool and really um, one of the highlights of the song, at least for me, is that kind of textural shift.
1: And I think this one appears... I kind of mentally divide the album into two categories. For, for like, if you were to, like, list the song into, like, two columns, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, between the songs that prominently feature the piano or, like, some sort of chordal structure underneath Fiona's vocals versus mm. ones that it really is predominantly just voice and percussion with, like, the occasional yeah. back vocals. I think Cosmonaut falls pretty overtly into the like the thicker arrangement mm-hmm. nothing on this record is densely arranged yeah but it never feels weak yeah and i think that's a testament to both the songwriting and the arranging i would agree i would yeah. agree i find um newspaper goes pretty squarely in the other direction yeah That is, like, five and a half minutes. I think it's just her, her background vocals, and, like, the beat and, like, the tempo kind of increases midway through, Mm -hmm. and it's just so menacing, and it's so, like, gritty, and it's a highlight for me,
0: if you couldn't tell. (laughs) It's like that seeping jealousy when you see someone's, like, curated life. Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) I like that. Could you elaborate on that? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um... And this is addressed in other spots, too. Relay also addresses kind of like the... I don't have the exact lyrics in front of me for that one. I resent you
1: for being raised, right? I resent you for being tall. I resent you for getting no opposition at all.
0: Right, because it's like both of these are kind of songs where you're viewing this person that is with an ex of yours through just the lens of, like, your phone, and you're like, wow, they're perfect in everything that I wasn't because that's what they're choosing to show me. And that therefore, I am evil and they are evil is kind of the thesis. I, I'm getting more into relay territory now, but newspaper is kind of more breaking that down and switching the blame to the aggressor and the abuser rather than the person who's with them now, I think.
1: Yeah, I think... I know, I don't want to get like too into the specifics because it's it's Fiona's life, but um, mm-hmm. she she has suffered from abuse in relationships, and I believe in her childhood yeah. as well, and so that that kind of naturally seeps into the songwriting, mm-hmm. and I found that um, there there are some. Um, we 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 had a content warning at the beginning of this episode for uh, one particular song, but yeah. It, like, looser versions of, like, that sentiment can be felt in, like, a newspaper and relay, like, we mentioned. Which I guess would be a natural segue into um, (laughs) track 11. Yeah. We might as well talk about it now since we've been kind of
0: beating around that bush for a minute or so now. Um, Mostly a cappella song.
1: Yeah. Which is, like, it's, like, pastoral at the beginning. And it crams... It's under three minutes integration, and I could I count four distinct sections.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it kind of... It feels almost like a, a therapy session in some moments, where it's just like, this thought is kind of related to where we were, but we, like, jumped to, like... You know, like, it, it starts off as this kind of, um, like, litany of, like, stuff that this person may have done wrong, and then we start kind of taking off, and we're, you know... Snorting cocaine off of a mistress right now, and it it just like gets really intense really fast, and then it kind of Bubbles up to this, you know big kind of reference to the singing in the rain song good morning (laughs) And there's this big exclamation of and you know content warning where she literally just says good morning good morning You raped me in the same bed your daughter was born in and that's, like, the big climax
1: of the song. Yeah. The, um... I think the vocal harmonies are, like, a fifth apart, and it's some of the highest singing she does on the whole record. Yeah.
0: It, it, it very much is kind of the the highest peak of the album in terms of... I mean, it's just totally barren, it's like, uh, arrangement-wise. It's just her voice and, like, a woodblock... Or whatever it is that is making that sound, and then it's just this big exclamation of that. Um, And I remember, we talked about this a little bit before the podcast, but like when I heard that for the first time, I was like, did I hear that right? Like, that's so bold and powerful to just go and do, and that's, this is a highlight for me, this track.
1: This is my favorite Fiona Apple song. (laughs) I I mean, rightly so. It's very, very good and very powerful Mm -hmm. and moving. And, like, on on re-listen, like, right before the the podcast where we're recording right now, it just cinched it for me, like, the the build-up is superb, that, like, off-kilter tempo shift a minute or so in to get to, Mm. like, the second person of the pre-chorus, the the climactic section you just mentioned i'd love to point out the outro like that repeated yeah. you were so high is creepy as well hell it's so <laughs>
0: haunting yeah.
1: yeah oh man i love songs that cram a bunch of material into like a pop song duration length and it all makes sense and it all complements each other and it all logically sequences from like the prior material because it's very easy to write a song like that and have it be terrible.
0: Right, it's the happiness is a warm
1: gun uh, yeah. syndrome, or like "Band on the Run," yeah, or some uh... some other Beatles example, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or something like "Moth in the Incubator" by the Flaming Lips. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> another. Now this might be
0: this might be me looking into things a little too much, but that's what we do here. Um, oh yeah, I can't help but notice that that same. Uh, song good morning that they reference from singing in the rain there's also a moment and you know again content warning again in a clockwork orange oh yeah that (laughs) (laughs) you know where i'm going now yeah that (sighs) for those who don't know there is a, a scene a graphic scene um where this toxically masculine character is assaulting another character while singing singing in the rain from that musical and I don't know if that's related or anything or if it's kind of like a reference to like celebrity slash toxic masculine. I don't know. Um, but that's just something I noticed or thought about this last listen. I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, when when you brought up the quote, I, I put two and two together as we, as we were recording right now and it's like, that scene, like, messed me up for, like, weeks when I saw Clockwork Orange. <laughs> it's it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. But, like, that was the first time I saw um something that of that nature portrayed in a movie, and to have it with, like, that creepy song is just... Ugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just all kinds of gross.
0: And I think, like, using the song from that same musical to kind of reclaim the moment... I don't know. I could be reading too much into it, but I think that's an interesting
1: line to draw. I think Clockwork Orange was released in like seventy three, so it's almost uh, Almost Almost fifty yeah, years. Almost apart. fifty years. And um the Kubrick filmography, like there's there's some fascinating just like records based on some of his like movies, but that's that's for other episodes. Yeah, yeah. We can speculate all we want on anything. <laughs> yeah, I um. Yeah. While we're talking on individual tracks, I I find Rack of His to be like the most mysterious cut of the record. Something I think do... about those vibes. Yeah, that's
0: a highlight for me. Yeah. Um I think one of my favorite lyrical moments on the album happens in this track. Um, the I mean the look at this rack of his as both admiring the rack of guitars that she's looking at, as well as, like, kind of comparing him to this stag, like a deer with antlers, you know, like, also a rack. I don't know if that was intentional, but I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, like, because, like, stag party, like, that's a common
1: slang for just a dude. (laughs) (laughs) I am just some guy, and I am now enough, you know song i i also have to mention the uh coochie coo coo yeah um, <laughs> that's just brilliant yeah <laughs> i think
0: we we both said we both remarked on brilliant lyrics while we were doing our cursory
1: uh, pre-podcast listen yeah i find that whenever she repeats a phrase like that tends to like sometimes you'll listen to a record and then it'll be like your standard indie fair just like let's do a shop course at the end of the song and like then let's cut out Mm -hmm. all the instruments and like it doesn't feel as meaningful as like her saying ladies 16 times for some reason and i don't really have a reason for that per se but it's how she says it yeah and let's talk about ladies yeah another highlight for me Mm Hmm. it's just so slick that bass part I think it's great sequencing right after Newspaper, too. Yeah. It kind of grounds you after, like, the ordeal. Yeah, yeah. I
0: think that's something I would say about the whole album is, even though it gets heavy, and there is this kind of climactic moment where it's heavy, but it's heavy throughout, we still get stuff like Rack of His and Ladies. Um, I'm trying to think. Even Relay, even though it is kind of biting...
1: Kind of brings a playfulness with it that it's a very strong hook at the beginning I like that that just evil is a relay sport when the one who's burned turns to pass the torch
0: there was one this is what i was talking about earlier there was moment there was a moment like months ago when i brought up this album and you and i both immediately started on the relay like hook in the beginning and we sang it at Frosted. the exact same yeah. time <laughs> it's that catchy yeah <laughs> That's another of my favorites,
1: um, while we're kind of jumping around here. Yeah, I really like the coda of that one, that like little mention of the Ferris wheel. Yeah. It's it's one of those things that the Beatles do on the White Album, where it's just like, here's 20 to 30 seconds at the tail end, it could have been another song, but we just kind of stuck it here. <laughs> <laughs> right, and it's like, <laughs> you'll never know what it could have been. <laughs> I was like the, like the end of Glass Onion where it's just like those wilting strings. It's like so creepy and ominous. It's awesome. Yeah? Um, And I like the... Uh, let me just make sure that I'm reading from the right uh, track. Oh, that's another one that pulls the um, verse, same lyrics twice. Like the resent yous, I think, show up in the same order both times. Yeah, yeah. And it's also one of those start with the chorus songs, which are not that common. Yeah, I do love when you start with the chorus. It's yeah. a nice, refreshing uh,
0: change of form.
1: It reminds me of the Psalms at the Catholic Mass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although not necessarily repeated twice for the congregation. Mm-hmm. I love of her dogs, I suppose. <laughs> yes. Relay does have that,
0: like, I'm sorry section where it just kind of deconstructs and then reconstructs and then comes back.
1: I like that. <laughs> Yeah, and for the longest time as I was listening to this, I thought that the tempo changed from the beginning to the um, verses. Uh, it's just it's just like a metric modulation. It goes into like more of a triplet pattern rather than the duple that you start out with, mm-hmm. with like the same underbeat. And I was like, oh, I see you, Fiona. That was very <laughs> clever. If we're talking about time signatures for
0: On I Go, I've got some time signatures. Mm, go ahead. It's like this ostinato based song and it's like six eight seven eight seven eight nine eight something else like it's it's a very intricate like rhythmic pattern and eventually she even like curses because she messes it up but she kept it in and oh I yeah really that like all fuck shit yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that one's the, the probably the most mantra like song on the whole record yeah it's kind of like the reaffirming ending um, I think it's a perfect closer for like the the twelve songs that precede it. Yeah, when I last took notes on this, I was like, not convinced as
0: much, but like this last listen, I totally get it. Um, mm-hmm. It's very organic and it feels, I don't know, it feels kind of like you're gonna laugh. A metaphor. Okay. <laughs> it's a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, like, it's, it's, like, chaotic and hard to keep together, but she tries and messes up and then gets back on it, and, like, that's just life, and that's kind of just how, you know, if we're gonna try and tie in the threads of this album again, that's just how relationships work, is if you fail at a relationship, the best thing you can do is pick up the pieces and move on.
1: Yeah. No matter how bad it got. On I go. Yeah i see you <laughs> <laughs> i did a lot of reading into this one <laughs> yeah and you're you're more the lyric guy of the two of us so that that that's on brand and like you come up with like the really smart conclusions like that like literally during the song she's persevering <laughs> on the song about perseverance <laughs> i didn't write it <laughs> that cleverness is all fiona apple it is it is I I find that the final three tracks on this record kind of form like a. Do you ever get that vibe that it's like, maybe I'm too much of like an academic music nerd, but like it's almost like a, a three movement sonata or something. I could see that. Yeah, like the really boldness of uh, for her into um, into I, drum set and on I go mm-hmm. yeah. I do. I will say well while, while we're kind of on that topic, I tend to like the tracks, on the bookends of this one better. I agree, it starts really strong and ends really strong. Like everything mm-hmm. from Heavy Balloon to On I go, I think, are either small or big highlights for me. Mm-hmm. hmm Oh and I guess ladies too. And Newspaper. <laughs> it, oh shit. <laughs> Kevin likes the whole album. Yes. <laughs> I do. Do we have more to say about drum set while we're there? That song was stuck in my head like most of December. <laughs> yeah.
0: Why do you not want to try? Why do, 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 do,
1: do. It's
0: one of those. I mean, this this album has a lot of really solid earworms, even if it's like just melodic and not even lyrical, because there are moments that are, I don't know, I've I had, just ladies stuck in my head, like just the first part, like for months.
1: <laughs> yeah, I had a a really good listen to that. It it just showed up in um a playlist, and kind of unexpectedly. Although the time frame, I'm remembering it like in an environment that I was in in 2019. So maybe that's, the, the mind is weird. <laughs> this came out in 2020. I'm positive of that, but I'm like remembering an apartment that I used to live in like prior to 2020 is like when I heard it. So I don't know what that was all about. We, we can probably cut this whole bit. <laughs> that's up to the editor. Yes. And he likes
0: tangents, so he might keep it in.
1: Yeah, I think um like if, I don't know if there were lead singles for this, but that one seems to be like lead single material the I'm most. I trying to of remember.
0: I think it might have been Shamika, Cosmonauts, and Drumset. Okay, those, those three I'll check out. I think. I pr- I'm probably totally butchering. I know Cosmonauts was a single, mm-hmm. but I can't remember all the others.
1: Cool tidbit of Shamika before I forget it is that the verses and the chorus are a tritone apart. Oh. So like the 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 opening motive is just like an A modal because like but then the bomb 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 is that's so cool because it, yeah. it, it doesn't sound at all like it's
0: like it doesn't belong mm-hmm. like you might think with a tritone that's that's a cool song let's talk about that song
1: I love like the premise like she's just listing off all the parts that made her life like kind of hard kind of repetitive kind of difficult mm-hmm. and it's like but hey jameika said i have potential bump 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 yeah and like i think that's a testament to like i love hyper specific songs where yeah. it's this is a moment that happened but i damn it i remember it and i want to tell the world about it through music <laughs>
0: yeah yeah the thing that i like a lot about this song first of all i really like the line i wasn't afraid of the bullies but that made the bullies worse. I th- I really like that line. Mm-hmm. I don't like that it happened, but I <laughs> right. I like that line. Um, it just feels very honest. But I kind of like how you were singing that like beginning part. There's the line like a good man in a storm. It feels kind of like a cyclone or hurricane or something. That piano part, like
1: it's really kind of driving and menacing a little bit. I I I dig that. And that, that hook, that piano part, shows up in "I Want You to Love Me," too. Yeah, It's like almost like a prelude precursor sort of deal. And that's part of why I, I view them as such companion tracks. It's like it's a perfect track, too, because like that's, that's an interesting slot on a record. That's, yeah, it, it can kind of be anything. Well, you got, like, the relatively conventional, understated introductory song into the, this is kind of like the burst hurricane, like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. kind of flurry, kind of nostalgic. A lot of these songs inspire five or six or more descriptors upon upon reflection. Um, We
0: haven't really talked about I Want You to Love Me, which is one of my favorites on the album as well. Probably my second favorite behind For Her, which is my favorite as well. Oh, hey!
1: <laughs> is this the first time we had this I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um
0: but I think it's one of my favorite and this is a lyric thing. So um pardon me if I'm reading too much again, but go for it. I she holds on to the you in the like chorus like I want you to love me like and it's like so kind of desperate sounding to hold on to you that long. Like it's longer than you'd think, and I just think that's a cool text painting kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I love particularly like the last couple of views before that like vocal flourish in the last like thirty seconds. Yeah, like the, the like dolphin noises. Yeah, that's like the perfect way to end the song. Mm-hmm. I, I I really dig the chord progression. I think like the the cascading thirds and the piano just kind of it reminds me of like some of those old WC preludes, but like. Mm-hmm it obviously very recontextualized cut up and thrown in among percussion (laughs) hundred plus years later. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I think this, this kind of reminds me of every single night from idler wheel, just like a similar vibe Mm -hmm. for, as the opener, even though, um, I'm I'm not sure which is the better song to be honest. Um, I, I like them both for different reasons. Yeah. Um, she does not skimp on album openers.
0: No, no she does not.
1: Uh-huh.
0: We we said we were going to start with Fetch the Bolt Cutters, but it remains untouched. <laughs> so do we want to We do about, that all, don't we? <laughs> do we want to talk about Fetch the Bolt Cutters?
1: Yeah, I think I read somewhere that the title of this album is from a Jillian Anderson quote. Oh, okay. Um, we could put it in post. I don't remember it. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I think she does say fetch the bolt cutter somewhere in there. <laughs> I, I might be, like, thinking of something else, and that would be really embarrassing. I'll definitely edit it out if you're wrong. But <laughs> A quote from the British owners fall, where the protagonist recites the phrase while investigating a crime scene where a woman was tortured. Oh, well, that sounds par for the course on this album. <laughs> yeah oh man okay so yeah that, that's that's there, we there. Are. <laughs> that, that is that is a thing <laughs>
0: i feel like i do like the spot that this fills on the record as well because the first two are kind of setting up what the album's kind of about and then giving us background and fetch the bolt cutters is like i grew up like this and now we're here like <laughs> i tried to fit the shoes they told me to fill and it's kind of like bringing us up to date, and she's she's kind of trying to break through that
1: prison that she's found herself in, or that where she's being tortured, I guess. Yeah, and you could like frame it as like an emotional torture because there yeah. certainly are relationships that are of that nature. Mm-hmm. And just like the I've been here too long. Another like mantra like phrase that just kind of hammers in the point. Um, yeah. The uh, verses on this one just a lot of really good tidbits. You, you mentioned one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I, I like verse two in particular. Like the you maim when you're on offense, but you kill when you're on defense. It's that's another great that is a line. fantastic line. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, damn. Okay. <laughs> and this is the famous dog song. Yeah, the outro. They're very barky. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that's like symbolic of for leaving the. Oh, kind of like guard dog. Yeah, kind of like hmm. Maybe we're reading too much into this, but like that's the point of podcast.
0: That's the point of podcast. We're reading too much into it and it's making it better. That's all that matters.
1: Yeah. We're making it better. You and me, You're welcome man. Fiona Apple. Please listen to us. Please don't get mad at us. We really like your album. I hope that your 2029 album rocks too. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be about her release schedule. <laughs> right after that is Under the Table.
0: Oh yeah, have we not talked about that one yet?
1: That was like the first one that grabbed me on my first listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the refrain is like, iconic. It's like any any social situation where like someone's saying shit that you don't agree with and you right. really want to be like... <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I appreciate the boldness of this one as well. This one sounds the most similar to me of like her 90s output. Okay, uh, for what that's worth. Nice. I, I got, <laughs> I, I'm not super familiar, so I can't really comment. <laughs> right. I um I could I could see this slotting in like untitled somewhere like with a thicker arrangement. Mm-hmm. I like how the the chorus will be iterated on like different pitch levels and different chords.
0: Yeah. Um. I, I do like the variance of, like a chorus with a different starting pitch and emphasis. And it, it makes it feel like it's escalating.
1: Yeah, and I think pitch-wise is... it is escalating. Mm-hmm. Like first iteration, it's like kick me under the table, and then like later it's like kick me under the table all you want. Like actually climbing instead of the one monotone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, modulating chorus. I like that. Yeah, this this one. Um, we were talking about earworms again, and like that that refrain is just. Yep. Fits the words perfectly. Instantly memorable. We've we've all been there at some point. Women probably more often than men. (laughs) Yes.
0: I think the only song we haven't talked about yet is Heavy Balloon.
1: Oh, dude, that's another one of my favorites. Yeah. (laughs) Like that that main hook with like the I spread spread like like strawberries. (laughs) I climb (laughs) like peas and beans. (laughs) It's so good. Yeah. This... Rocks! I love this one. You can reach up and pick a bean. <laughs> you can reach down and pick, and pick a bean. A bean. <laughs> I wonder if Fiona Apple and Joe Parrott have ever met. That would be an interesting
0: crossover. That I would love would them make... to like, interview
1: each other. Yeah. That would make a great like random YouTube video. There
0: used to be a series where they would do that. Like, there's, I- I've only seen one of the episodes, and of course Wayne Coyne is on it. Um, But it's Wayne Coyne and Prince Paul from uh, De La Soul interview each other. Oh. Really interesting stuff. Um,
1: We gotta do a De La Soul episode. Oh, it's inevitable. Yeah. They're so good. (laughs) I really dig... This is another song where the verses and the chorus are in different keys. Oh, okay. And I think they're also a tritone apart here. That's an interesting kind of yeah. It's like C major line. for the verse, and then F sharp minor for the um. Whereas Shabiko is A minor and then E flat, which are. <laughs> Stay with me here. <laughs> when you think of a diminished chord, F sharp, A, C, E flat. Oh, okay. They kind of intersperse. <laughs> so they're kind of like part of the same DNA. <laughs> Yeah, and like track two and track nine, I don't know if that means anything. I mean, heavy balloon does feel kind of like a penultimate track to me,
0: anyway. But then it kind of leads us to like cosmonauts, which would be like, oh, it's a happy ending. But then we have to kind of still go through the baggage, even though we found something
1: good. I view cosmonauts as like a pseudo closer, and the uh, the three yeah. as like these are the encore tracks. But stick around. <gasps> yeah, yeah, exactly. I and I
0: think. In early listens, I was kind of when I wasn't paying as much attention, I
1: was kind of turned off by that, but now I kind of dig it, yeah, I agree the the way that like the song durations on this album are i think like ladies and newspaper are the only two that crack the five minute mark, and I think the the final three songs all feel like I think they're around the three minute mark. I think the last track is a little bit close to four, if not right. surpassing it, but I right, that's kind yeah. of...
0: Time is weird on this album, because you can't really feel it out.
1: Yeah, and like the the homegrown, home studio aesthetic kind of seeps into like the song structures. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very easy album to get lost in, because it kind of builds its own little world. Mm-hmm yeah it does feel like you're at
0: fiona apple's house and she's like have i got something to tell you and you're just kind of sitting there like nodding and like "Mm, okay yeah yeah
1: go off like (laughs) i'm continually impressed by like she's just one of the best songwriters of like the past 30 years (laughs) (laughs) like full stop totally (laughs) um the vocal hooks the lyrics Piano playing. Just really whole smart, package. Yeah, songwriting all across the board. This one really grew on me. Like, first listen, I was like, this isn't a time. <laughs> my, my score is higher even just throughout this podcast. Yeah, that, that happens to me, too, like a fair bit. Right? Oh, what did you uh, score this lovely record there, Yeah. Well,
0: well, um... Yeah, (laughs) we've kind of really covered everything I love about this album. Um, And we we summed it up with what I think we both really do believe is that Fiona Apple is just one of the best songwriters in the biz. I mean, it's it's a very compelling record. It's, you know, for what it's worth, it's my favorite of the two that I'm familiar with. Um, I'm very impressed with this album, and it gets better with every listen. Um, This is a solid 9 out of 10
1: for me. Hell yeah, I um, I agree with everything we said throughout the episode. Um, I dig everything about her approach, um, the experimental like recording techniques. I think really gave it a life of its own. All of the shit she went through in her relationships ended up making really good art. In this case, so <laughs> sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But um, yeah, uh, as a package deal, these thirteen tracks are like. You, you can make a case for all of them being, like, the highlight, and that's one of the hallmarks of, like, really good records, because, um, there aren't any, like, clear clunkers on here, like there might be on, like, other other experimental works. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm giving this, uh, bursting out of it seems to be rated higher 8.5. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Because, <laughs> um, I think when, when I did, like, my, um, my rankings of records, this is on the upper end of my 8.5s of, of that subset of yeah, records. Yeah. This is towards the top of those, since I don't do the 0. one specific decimal places like my co-host here. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe better for your uh, ability to go to sleep at night. <laughs>
0: yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that has been uh, Fetch the Bowl Cutters by Fiona Apple on Turntables. I'm Stitch. I'm Kevin. And we'll see you next time. Uh, Keep on (laughs) chugaling.
1: Thanks, as always, for listening. Proggers, let's get poggers. I, I, I'm so sorry. But we will be covering Gentle Giant's Octopus. So tune in for stories about mythical giants, medieval troubadours, weird puzzle-based lyrics, and six dudes playing 30-plus instruments. It'll be a Annie of a in time, even though there's not much country on there. So give it a listen. we'll be, we hope to hope for you to tune in.